0: Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au.
1: This is part 14, and you know, I don't really count, there's no number to aim for, but next Sunday morning I'm speaking on sons or servants, because I believe you can live your whole Christian life as a servant and miss out on the great joy of living as a son or a daughter of God, And I want to encourage you to be a part of every service that you can. I see people online that were in the service this morning. They're joining with us online tonight. Uh, Richard Trenorden, he says here, I'm sitting on top of a massive granite rock, sheltering from the rain. I'm not quite sure where he is, somewhere down south. But you know what, Richard, I love the fact that though you are Not able to be with us in the building. There you are. You are with us all the same. So give Richard a great big hand. I know it'll mean a lot to him. He's a chef working all around Western Australia. Great to have you with us. Part 14 on Called and Chosen. Tonight, if you want a title, it's called It Just Takes Time. And while I was away on leave during the week, I uh, realized that for those of you that Uh, log on with us at metrochurch.online, you get to have the notes in front of you. Pastor Bruce organises that during the week. And I thought, but what about all the people that come and join us in the building? They don't get the same thing. Mentioned that to Bruce. Well, off his own bat, he went and organised for these to be available, there they are, message notes, call and chosen, part 14. It just takes time, and it's got all the same stuff you can get online. So if you like those, and you're in the building, well, just wave your hand around, because the host team will speed those down to There they out. People are, let me do it again tonight. Here you go. I'm just going to come down there, and I'm going to give you my copy, personalized. Not signed, but personalized. Down here, Francis, would you? It's down here to England. And uh, wherever you are, if you'd like those, it'd be our joy to give them to you. And then you can fill in the gaps where you want to, write the things that the Holy Spirit uh, speaks to you about in there, because I know that the Holy Spirit will speak to you while I'm speaking, and He'll bring something great to your life. You know, if ever there's been a generation in a hurry, it's this one we're in right now. I remember reading the history of this thing we call time. Because previous generations have not measured time as much as we have. If I go around my house, there are clocks everywhere. There's a clock in the oven. There's a clock on the microwave. There's a clock on the wall. There's a clock on the video. There's a clock on the television. Apart from the watches, every one of these things has got a clock on it. Uh, your car's got clocks in it. Uh, Rhonda's car's got two clocks. They don't always even agree. and I'm not sure which one I'm supposed to follow. It seems to me that we are a generation obsessed with time. You know, 30 years ago, FOMO didn't exist. FOMO being the fear of missing out. Here's the literal definition of it according to Wikipedia. The fear of missing out refers to a feeling or a perception that, wait for it, others are having more fun. They're living better lives or experiencing better things than you are. It involves a deep sense of envy and affects self-esteem. That cannot be a good thing for your life. There's actually a thing now. You can look it up. Psychologists are counselling people for it. There is a thing called hurry sickness and it's a, a this generation problem whereby we begin to feel, let me quote to you again, where people feel chronically short of time, where it feels like no matter how fast you run, no matter how busy you are, no matter how many shortcuts or methods you take to make yourself more efficient, you never quite catch up. And you never get to feel somehow or other that you are doing enough. Yet there are some things that no matter how fast we go at them, they will just take time. I want to talk to you tonight and then I'll finish by telling you why it matters and what you can do about it. And I don't have any tricky methods or... Uh, special things whereby just pray this prayer and all of a sudden your life becomes more efficient, whatever that means. But I want to talk to you about the things that will just take time in your life. I've always been intrigued by the fact that Moses was allowed to sit on the backside of the desert for 40 years. Think about it. He goes to the backside of the desert and while the children of Israel are suffering under the oppression of Pharaoh... God waits a certain amount of time before He one day appears in that burning bush. I think about John the Baptist who was in the wilderness until the day of His revealing unto Israel that Jesus was the age of 30 while again his people laboured under the oppression of the Romans. But it was 30 before Jesus began his ministry. I think about the Apostle Paul who, uh, you know, encountered Christ on the road to Damascus. Then he says that he went into the, again into the wilderness place and he, he waited on God. And it was in that time of waiting on God that the apostleship of of this man who was Saul. He goes in as Saul, but he comes out as Paul and comes out with wisdom and insight and revelation that leads to him writing uh, almost half of the entire New Testament under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. You ask yourself, why does God sometimes wait? Why does God sometimes not meet my calendar, my agenda, my deadlines, And I think there is something profoundly spiritual that we need to understand because God is not bound by time. He is not timeless, He's time full. He encompasses every time. He's the God, Jesus said, of yesterday, today and forever. He's not the God limited to yesterday, nor the God limited to tomorrow. He encompasses every part of time. And you and I have been brought into His time fullness kingdom. We've been brought into a different, I'm not trying to get too kind of clever or sciencey or theological about it, but I want you to find a place tonight of peace with the pace of the Holy Spirit. I think this could be a profound night for many of us. As we say to God at the end, I'll read you the scripture, God, my times are in your hands. And God, I'm I'm going to learn to rest and get the hurry out of my spirit. It doesn't make me more wanting to wait. I'm certainly not suggesting that. I'm not suggesting some kind of laissez-faire, laid-back attitude of of just you know uh, doing nothing and waiting for God to come and make you move. Because I don't think that you'll find that in the Scripture either. Jesus said, I have to be about my father's business. The Apostle Paul said, I press on for the prize. So I know that they didn't have an attitude of of going, well, you know, I'm just going to do nothing. Anyway, let's get into this. There are five things here that I believe, no matter how hard you go, they'll just take time. Number one, the first thing that just takes time is character. The fact is that building time in your life, building character in your life, rather, will take time. Let me read to you this uh, verse out of Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Watch the wording here. Galatians 5, verse 22. You might want to underline it if you've got the nose. It says, But the fruit, but the fruit, but the fruit. It uses a particular word. 1 Corinthians tells us about the gifts. This passage tells us that not only are there gifts of the Spirit, but there is fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. In other words... These are things that are birthed and grown by the Holy Spirit, not by human habit, not by endeavour, not by some kind of discipline alone, but they are grown in us by the Holy Spirit. Now, Corinthians tells us there are nine gifts and here we find there are nine fruits. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are all character things. And the Bible specifically uses the term there fruit for a reason. At home, I have a passion fruit, a passion fruit vine. It's got one passion fruit on it. And quite frankly, I've been waiting a couple of months now for it to ripen. When they ripen, this particular one turns a shade of purple. I know that if I pick it, before it turns purple, when I cut it open, it won't be sweet like a passion fruit should be. It'll be sour and actually become, it'll be inedible. A fruit that's picked before it's ready, you can't use, you can't eat. And the Bible here uses this term for these character traits and says they are fruit. There are, is no instant fruit. Paul writes to Timothy and says, I want you to develop the gift that was given to you, listen to it, given to you by the laying on of hands of the presbytery. Timothy walked into that prayer gathering. That's what a presbytery is. He walked into that prayer gathering without this gift, without this talent. When he walked out uh, a few minutes or a few hours later, whatever it was, he walked in without, the, in without the gift. He walked out with the gift. He got it instantly. But all the other fruit takes time. We build our character every day over many days. Character is built in the unseen moments. It's what you do when no one is watching, when no one's going to find you out. It's how honest you are. It's how uh, willing you are to go the extra mile. It's how willing you are to exhibit love to people that don't deserve it, to have joy on the difficult days. It's all those times. See, anybody can have a love and a joy and a peace when you're in a worship service like we've been in tonight. My question is, are I don't mean happy. But do I live out of joy and love and peace on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday? We build our character every day. Here's the second thing that uh, it just takes time. is wisdom. Now, I know the Bible says in the book of James that we can ask God who will give us wisdom, but... Psalm 90, and it's not down there for you. Psalm 90 verse 12 says this, it says, Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. The Bible talks about three levels of wisdom. I don't have the time to prove it all to you, but you go and search it out. First of all, it talks about wisdom that we can gain in a moment. Then secondly, it talks about a word of wisdom, a supernatural fragment of wisdom that the Holy Spirit can give you in a moment. I know sometimes when I've counselled with people or I've been in a place where I needed some insight, God has given me a word of wisdom that's supernatural. never came out of my learning, never came out of my reading even of the Word. It came supernaturally from God. But the third thing, In the book of Isaiah, it talks about the uh, spirit of wisdom. So you and I can develop not just simply a moment's wisdom at a point of need. We can develop a spirit of wisdom in our life. You can get wisdom from the Holy Spirit, from the Word of God, from a friend, but wisdom for life is going to take time. Wisdom for life. I've discovered there's a lot of things that I can react to. We live in the most instant generation when it comes to reactions. Everything is instant on this. Social media. While we so seldom, it seems to me, stop and think about where's this going to end up? That's why the Psalm 90 verse 12, teach me to number my days. Why? Because life goes a long time. And if it goes a long time, I don't have to have all the answers today. And I need to think through when I'm counselling with couples, I want to say to them, I know you've got a rough season right now, but if you can look a bit further down the road, maybe you'll get wisdom for this space you're in. Have you ever noticed how often Uh, The Word of God says things totally opposite to the way we tend to react. I'm amazed at how often I want to go off and tell someone what I think. And the Word of God says, don't be hasty. Slow up. Be slow to speak. Slow to wrath. Amen. So wisdom takes time. Here's number three. Third thing that takes time is vision. Vision takes time. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 3. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak. So get this. He says, The vision I'm telling you now is not coming to pass now, it's for a time down the road. At the end it will speak and it will not lie, though it tarries. Vision, listen to me. Vision often tarries, vision often seems to be delayed. Oh, I know that the Holy Spirit right now is giving this to someone who needs it because you're there going, come on, God, come on, God, come on, God, come on, God. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Where are you, God? Why haven't you? Why haven't you? Why haven't you? And He wants you to hear tonight, though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. Then He says something very strange. He says, it won't tarry. And I've looked this up because it seems like such a strange verse. And both the word tarry there mean exactly the same thing. I think what God is telling us there is this it's going to happen. You can be certain of it. But in the middle of the delay, don't think that this is a denial. There's several people in our church right now, several women that are pregnant. You know, I was talking to one of them this morning and she's just looking. Beautifully large, not quite sure how you say that in a way nowadays that um, maybe I'm not even supposed to, but I did say to her this morning, you are blossoming beautifully. Then I said, when's your baby due? She said, Christmas. And I went, oh, okay, that's still a while to go. And I've never been a woman, and uh, pretty obviously, I've never been pregnant also pretty obviously. And I cannot imagine, ladies, you have my utmost admiration. Seriously. Every woman that's ever pregnant, I'm going like, how long are you going to wait? Because that's why God never lets men get pregnant. Because we can't wait that long for anything. You know, we're the kind of people who get in the queue, the line, for those of you overseas. We call it queue in Australia, get in the line at the supermarket. How many of you here go, I'm going to get that line's moving faster. I'm going to get that line. How many of you here have ever done what I've done with Pastor Rhonda? I'll say, you get in that line, I'll get in this line. Can we, anybody here, apart from me, you get in that line, I'll get in this line, and whoever gets there first will move to the other line. And you go, how hard would it be to wait that long? But if you try and hurry up a pregnancy, you don't end up with a baby. If you try and hurry up a vision, listen to me. There are some of the things that years ago, what we are seeing now for online in this church started, how many years ago, Bruce? 15? More? 20? Uh, My internet Church? Some of those things that we are doing now, we did not even know why we did them. They seemed like not just a good idea, they were a God idea and some of them never lasted. Some of them weren't successful. And, you know, we just kept going back to it and back to it and going, what are we doing with this? And then you get to where we are now and all of a sudden there are these people all over the world and you go, thank God we never stopped. Thank God we let Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 3 guide our heart. It's yet for an appointed time, it's going to come to pass. Here's the fourth thing that just takes time. And you'll know this. I think about this one a lot because right now around the world, they tell me that there are mental health issues abounding in people's lives. So I think a lot. I remember saying to our team over a year ago that there was a couple of things that I believed that we needed to be armed and ready to help people with. And one of those was in the area of mental health. That's why... Quite frankly, in the last year, I preached a lot about strength. I preached a lot about uh, about courage and a lot about all those things because strength, number four, just takes time, whether that's physical strength, emotional strength or spiritual strength. It just takes time. Nobody goes to the gym and walks out strong. I was talking to one of our great families in the church here that are uh, for a whole lot of great reasons. They are really into fitness in a big way. And uh, one of them was telling me her father came over to the home and they've got a home gym that they set up during some of the lockdowns. And and so uh, her father came in and there was a 60 kilo weight and he bent down and struggled to pick up 60 kilos, whereupon the son-in-law said to the father-in-law, your daughter can lift 130. How many people know right there? That's just, you know, how, how small do you want to feel? <laughs> like your daughter can pick up 130. But you know, I'm pretty confident the father could probably get there. He just won't get there with one lift of the bar. Isn't that right? Now, I've got to make this point because just going to the gym won't make you stronger. I've visited a lot of gyms over the years. Walk past them on my way into the basketball stadium. I did. I'm serious. I've walked right past a lot of gyms, seen those people in there running up on on a machine. And I go, what's the matter with that? Or, you know, looking in the mirror and getting their quads and their their other bits and, uh, you know, all looking good. And uh, good for them. But what I've discovered is going to the gym doesn't make you strong. It's what you do when you go to the gym. It makes you strong. Can I say this to you very plainly? Going to church won't make you strong. Oh, you can overdose on podcasts. You can have the best of the best and listen to them every day. But if you don't ever do what you're supposed to do when you get there, well, you won't get strong. Whatever you exercise gets stronger. I watched the cyclists in the Olympics. They have thighs like tree trunks. Have you noticed? They're just huge. And you know why? Because that's what they exercise. They get off and their their upper bodies are slender and these massive tree trunk thighs. Some of you haven't noticed that and you will watch it when you get home. So whatever you exercise gets stronger. If you exercise faith, it'll get stronger. If you exercise fear, that'll get stronger. If you exercise hope, that'll get stronger. If you exercise doubt, that'll get stronger. If you exercise encouragement, you'll become good at it. If you exercise criticism, you'll be an expert at it. Amen? I've met people that have got a gold medal in making your life miserable. Amen? Haven't you ever met someone like that? They're the kind of people you just, you know, you can see them coming. and You just feel like God is calling you to go somewhere else. Here's number five. Fifth thing that just takes time is destiny. Don't give up because you're not there yet. Let me give you two of my favourite verses of the Bible. Are you ready for them? I bet you don't pick these. Genesis chapter 40, it's the last verse, verse 23, and then the first verse of the next chapter. Genesis 40, yet the chief butler did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. I think about this man who was used by God in a profound, supernatural way. God was there with him. It's awesome. He's in the will of God. He thinks this moment is it. I'm getting out of here. Instead of that, he gets forgotten. Then it came to pass, the next verse says, at the end of two full years, if Pharaoh had a dream, behold, he stood by the river and you know the way the story ends up. Abraham waited 25 years. David waited 15 years for the crown. Jesus waited 30 years to begin his ministry. If you are waiting for something God has promised you, you're in very good company. Come on. Come on. Lord, help us tonight. God, I pray for people here that are waiting for a promise. They've heard you speak to them. They know, God, that you have given it clearly to them and no doors seem to open. God, nothing seems to have moved or shifted, and they feel like Joseph, the forgotten one. And yet, God, you had a plan and you brought him out of that. We thank you for helping them in Jesus' name. Help us, Lord, to wait well. I promised you that at the end I'd read you Psalm the verse, Psalm 31, verse 14 and 15. But as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. I say you are my God, my times are in your hands. I don't have this written down for you on the notes by the way, but you can look it up later because there's this phrase that struck my heart while we we're in the worship. The phrase is this one it says, "And it fell on a day." Why am I preaching this message tonight It's not to tell you to wait. you're going to wait anyway because there's not much you can do about it, those five. you know I'm not saying that I'm not saying just be more patient. I'm not sure that that's what the Holy Spirit wants to tell us. This is what I think he wants to say to us. Because in 2 Kings chapter 4, in verse 8, in verse 11, and in verse 18, this phrase in the King James says, And it fell on a day. New King James says, Now it happened one day. The first one is when the prophet walks past the house of the Shunammite woman. And she sees him coming and she says, let's make room for him. And she does that. And so then the next one, and it fell on a day, he turns in there and he says to her, what can I do for you? What do you need from God? Well, she's childless and the servant tells him that. And so he promises her a child. The next one, the third one, there are three very distinct it fell on a day. The first one is where this woman does something generous for others. She doesn't know what's going to happen. She's not doing it because she's hoping to get a miracle. She's just doing it. Why? Because she's built a lifestyle of generosity. The next it fell on a day was a visitation from God to her life. She didn't know it was going to happen but every day she just made herself available and faithful to God and God turns up. The third one is the one that I think would have been the most heart stopping and heart pumping of all of them was a crisis moment. Her son, the one that she got given as a gift, he dies. He's out in the heat of the sun perhaps he got sunstroke. All I know is that He's nearly dead. And then he, they carry him up to his mum. She puts him on the bed, but there he dies. She goes and she chases after the prophet. Three things that just happened. One was her hospitality, or generosity. The second one was a visitation from God. and The third one was adversity. They all just fell on a day. The key to them is this. And that's the whole point of this message, is the power of the everyday. Because she was generous every day. When opportunity came and God wanted to bless, she was ready. She didn't have to go out and go, oh, quick, I better get ready. When her visitation came, she'd been living a great and a godly life. When adversity came, she did not have to go, what do I do now? She knew what to do. She said to the servant, saddle me a donkey, go ahead of me, go, go to the prophet and, and, and just tell him I'm coming. She already had done every day the things that were important. Can I say to you how important it is that every day we build character in our life? Every day we build a heart of wisdom. Every day we build vision our Vision ought not to be a Sunday. That's why we don't have Vision Sundays. I think every Sunday of this church is Vision Sunday. If you want to build strength, build it every day. Tomorrow when you go to work, build strength for your life. Destiny Destiny is not something that falls out of the sky one day because a man of God or a woman of God turns up. It comes because you build it every day in your life in Jesus' name. Father, help us tonight. I pray for every single one of us, Lord, that you will help us to do the everyday well. As called people, as chosen people, God, not to live for the excitement of the moment or the points where we are celebrated, But, Father, to live the right way for every day, to see these things in our life become what you want them to be. I know, God, that you want every person to be strong. You want every one of us to be wise. You want every one of us to be filled with vision. You want every one of us, Lord, in our life to be the kind of people that uh, walk in our destiny. We thank you for helping us in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for anyone that's a part of this service wherever they are. They might know about you. Maybe they got raised in a church background or maybe they've just always, like some people I've met, just always had a heart for God, just didn't know how to find you. Tonight, Lord, they're a part of this service wherever they are and something inside of them is prompting them to say yes to you. I thank you, Lord, for that yes that you will hear and you will know in Jesus' name. No matter who you are, where you are, your yes is noticed by heaven. God is not kind of oblivious to you. He's actually been looking for you. I've had this sense in the last week or so that there's so many people that God is looking for and He's been working for all around the earth. I believe we are in the greatest time of harvest. I really do. I don't believe we're in the worst time. I believe we're in the greatest time of harvest. More people are turning to Christ. I told the story this morning of those two young girls in Albania overhearing one of our online connect groups, overhearing a Zoom gathering that came out of that. And these two children, eight and six, say to the lady on the other Lula, whom you met a couple of weeks ago when we showed you the video, and they overhear that and they say, Auntie Lula, We want Jesus. We want Jesus. How can we have Jesus? Then the little sister, she jumps and says, Me too, I want Jesus. In a country that has been literally so trodden down, I know Anna writes to me often and says, Thank you for remembering our country that's been so forgotten by most of the world. But I tell you, God never forgot Albania. God never forgot Cambodia. God never forgot all these nations of the earth that have been oppressed, that have been downtrodden, and He's reaching to them. I believe we've got a unique opportunity to say, Jesus, would you help those people? If you want to say yes to Christ, it's so easy to do. Many of you, you'll be at MetroChurch.online and right now the yes button's coming up. You can click on that. Others of you will want to send it to us at yes.metrochurch.org.org.au as you send that to us. Or if you're in Australia, you can go to 0488 and just text yes. When you do that, the very next day, our team, it comes from us nowhere else. Our team will send you a Bible verse and a prayer. It's different every day for 30 days. You can opt out whenever you like. Most people, though, hardly anybody has, believe it or not. They've just continued to be touched by God by that Bible verse and prayer. We don't write and ask you for anything. We'll never write and ask you for money. That's not our way. What we're doing is wanting to help you grow in Christ. And it'd be our joy to do that. So send it in. Text your yes. Make tonight or today wherever you are. Make it the start, the beginning of your great walk with Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give those people that are doing that a big hand? Because I know people will. And it's our privilege and our joy to be a part of that. Listen, in a minute, we're going to worship the Lord again together. And I see that my time is gone, but I pray that this service has helped you. I pray that the Word is finding a lodging place inside of you. Don't just hear it Okay, God, I'm going to wait more. Start to say, God, I'm going to make every day count. Every day. Good days, tough days. I'll make them all count. Teach me to number my days so that I can become wise. Amen. Oh, thank God for all the good things that He does in our life. Now, this is the last service where we'll take time to invite people to make their commitments into Destiny Offering. That's over and above our regular giving. We as a church get together. We've done it every year for, I don't know, 20-something years. We just say to the church, would you pray? And would you ask the Holy Spirit what He'd have you to commit over the next 12 months, over and above your regular giving? I announced this morning that we are going to be endowing at least two scholarships, Stray Mom scholarships just to honor the life of Shreem Amu, uh, tragically passed away from COVID only about a month or so ago now. And I felt like we wanted to do more than simply applaud their memory, but we wanted to endow a couple of perpetual scholarships. In other words, they'll keep going year after year after year. So not just for the people that'll be selected this year for their uni studies, uh, one for medicine, one for teaching, but then next year we'll pick another two, the next year another two, and we'll continue to support them every year through their uni studies until they're they're finished. That's a part of destiny offering. Red frogs are part of what we give is into that. Transform a part of that. Hope, hope exists because of destiny offering. And so, however it is that you wanna be a part of that, prayerfully make a commitment to God. Um, I'm gonna pray and then the team are gonna come and receive our commitments. I realize some of you will have done this in one of the other services. We'll allow a couple of weeks, because last year it just kept growing every week for a month. And so we kept postponing the announcement of how much was committed. We'll celebrate that uh, in a couple of weeks time. But let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for people online that tonight We'll make a commitment. Maybe they're in another country and maybe the currencies are different. But Lord, you'll have a way of working all this out so that every need gets met. Thank you for the part we get to play. None of us are doing it all. Some of us will be doing uh, an amount that stretches us. Others of us, Lord, we're just being obedient to what you told us to do. Father, I thank you for your leading, for your guiding, and for your blessing in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you. and come please. Pass the offering receptacles around. Uh, fill in that card if you want and uh, give us your details there of it. We won't pester you for it. That's Again, that's not our way. This is between you and God. And uh, thank you for that. God bless you for it. Thank you to all those of you that have been so faithful over so many years. The lives of people that have been profoundly impacted. That's why we do what we do. We don't do it for any other reasons. Not to build monuments. It's to enable ministry to take place. And I just want to say a profound thank you to every one of you. I will write to you each one and thank you for it. I'll never know what you give. That's my choice not to know. I want to just be your pastor and your leader in those areas. Our team will know that though. God bless you for it in Jesus' name. Pastor Rhonda, come on out here. Pray a prayer and blessing over everybody. I believe in it. You and I have seen it over and over and over again. This is a woman of faith. Every year when we get to pray about destiny offering ronda always goes let's do more let's do more i've never known a more generous person in my life than this woman willing to give away anything and everything if necessary for the cause of the kingdom and i want to salute you for that let's stand together as ronda praise before we worship god together
0: we thank you father for your great great goodness to us for your many mercies of your wonderful provision in every area of our life. Lord, you say you give us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Lord, whether it's our spiritual life or our natural life. And Lord, we just look to you tonight, Lord, as we make our pledges, as we be obedient to what we believe the Holy Spirit has told us. And Father, we just thank you for your promise that you will provide not just what we want to give, but Lord, you'll provide our needs on top of that in every area of life. I pray blessing over every person, every couple, every family, Lord, who's committing to your kingdom. You promise us, Lord, as we seek your kingdom first, that you will add all the things we need to us. So thank you, Jesus, for all you've already given us so much. But Lord, what you're going to give us in response to our obedience, I speak abundance over every giver in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. amen.